1: Every time you get on the bus and go to the meet, every time you warm up, every time you warm down, everything that we do, you have to do it together. You have to become one. She's got the best time right now this season in the Atlantic 10 the 100 press at 104.7, over a second better than anybody else right now in the conference. And she's on pace to break that, Tim. It was only just over 31 seconds in the first two laps. And Strelsek turning for home. She looks like she might have cooled her jets just a little bit there. Uh, She went out really fast for a dual meet. And she'll be be close, but it'll, uh, you know, she just wanted to make sure she got out for the win more than anything else. And that she does. A time of 107.21. Second place again goes to the men and women, Megan Nowak. And in third will be Tavis Potter, so it's a 1-2-3 sweep.
0: here Happy Friday! Happy seventieth day of the podcast. Hi, Bob. We are going to kick it all the way back to the nineteen eighties, where Bob was a fresh coach, and we are going to welcome his first recruited diver. We welcome Debbie the diver to the podcast. She was class of nineteen eighty nine, and she shared so many really, really great stories of. Bob as a fresh coach and what the team atmosphere was like and just Bob as a diving coach and shared so much fun stuff. It was truly, truly a pleasure to speak with her and I really look forward to meeting her someday and the stories she told, (sighs) they might have to be saved for another day, but um, let's go ahead and dive right in. We welcome Deb from the class of 1989. Thanks for joining us, Deb.
1: Sure, happy to be here.
0: We are glad to have you here. We are here celebrating Bob's retirement. I'd love to hear some of your favorite
1: memories of him. I know there are so many because I am um, one of the earliest ones. So I am part of the class of 85 recruiting, which was Bob's first year ever recruiting. And I think um, we really poor, did a poor number on for Bob. We really took him and uh, formed him in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and good you, and bad. You mentioned that
0: he was just newly married um, when you were on the team. Yes,
1: yeah, so he had just got married, I think, the spring right before I got there. Um, so we were um, talking about all of his, his what was going to happen, and they just in an apartment in those days, and we would try to um, – Harassed him about what was going to happen next. When was he going to have kids? And um, had, had he succeeded in getting his wife pregnant yet? <laughs> so for Christmas that year, the divers gave him um, boxer shorts because he felt his underwear were too tight. That was what was stopping.
0: Oh, too funny! Oh my goodness! Yeah,
1: I know we did. We embarrassed him so much. Poor Bob. Poor Bob. He took it like a champ, though. He did. Um, and so I spent a lot of time with him cause that first year in the second meet, I was injured and had to redshirt for the rest of the season. So he, um, let me coach with him, which was great. You know, his expertise was not diving, but he was always so open to letting others help coach his divers and coach him. So he, I really look back and I admire that he was so willing to let me as an 18 year old kid um, help teach all of the divers. Cause I had had, I spent more time on the boards than he ever had. Right. Right. Which was great. And then the next year we got a top male diver in um, that year who ends up being my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So we were Debbie and Dan, the divers and um, did everything <laughs> together and we both made NCAA Zones for the first time. So we were like, Bob, let's make it a couples trip. So Bob and Judy and Dan and I went down to Zones together. Oh, how funny. Um, and he, he was, because <laughs> we were together, he was able to then um, bring his wife. Oh, good. Oh, I'm, I'm sure Judy had a great time. I know. So that was fun. But I did unfortunately ruin the trip. Um, I had got, I had had surgery on my legs right before, so I wasn't going to be able to dive in the meat. Mm. And um, we were fooling around, and Dan's leg hit mine, and it broke open the surgical wound. So I ended up getting a staph infection when we were down at Zones in Annapolis.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: So Paul Cobb and Judy have to rush me to the hospital, and my leg blows up. and Yeah, so it wasn't as fun as it could have been. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. But, but I mean, Bob is, he's always there for you. Like whether you need, he needs, you need him to listen or, or take you to the hospital. Like he is there for
1: you. I know. So I do think he took me to the hospital probably three or four times during my four years there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um,
0: but he he is like your dad in that way where he wants to um, make sure you're okay and, and take care of the things that, that he can help with.
1: Yeah, and we also very much wanted him to, like, be our friend. So at the end, uh, a lot of meets, a lot of the male swimmers had a house on Shumway, and we would force him to come to some keg parties with us. <laughs> yeah. And he was always really uncomfortable, like, oh, I should be doing this. Um, but we, he, he was an actually good sport, that he always would come along. And so then when it was our turn to graduate, we insisted that Bob come out with us um for graduation Uh and so we all went to mike's westview cafe and we did force him to do um shots out of swimmer's belly buttons on the bar
0: oh my goodness no way (laughs) um well i that's fun that's so fun to hear because um I think he still keeps the tradition of, of, of going out at least once, not not belly button shots. But um, <laughs> when I was a senior, he he uh, he picked he asked us to pick a, a night for us all to go out, and he all bought us drinks, and, and it was just, like, such a fun night because he could finally go out with us since we were technically, like, no longer on the team.
1: Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yes, see, we didn't have any of those rules in the beginning, so he got a lot wiser after dealing with our lot.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. He he had more fun in, in the early days. A different kind of fun. Yes, it
1: was different. Well, and the program was at a different level. You know, mm-hmm. he came in, he just inherited what was there and really had to set a culture and change it and grow and try to keep improving every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was high expectations because, of course, Russ had already been there a while, and the men were already winning. I see. Okay, so just you know, being fourth, fifth wasn't going to be good enough anymore. We were raising the stakes. We were trying to compete with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, and and the other thing you mentioned was that there was a bright yellow couch in Bob and Russ's office.
1: Yeah, so they shared an office. So one wall was this, I'm going to say it was like vinyl. It wasn't that comfortable. This (laughs) big, long, bright yellow couch, and then there are two desks. So whenever you came in to
0: unload on
1: Bob with all your troubles for him to help you, Russ was sitting right there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm So there was a lot of cross-team interactions, for sure. Russ certainly knew a lot more than he ever wanted to about the women, as did Bob.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because um, as a freshman, you, you're you always curious about how Bob knows everything and, and where, how does he know the gossip. And then as you get older, you, you realize uh, where he gets his intel.
1: Oh, yeah. And I don't think it's that hard. I do think that we're all usually pretty good at filling beans.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, and another fun thing you shared was that um, – after Bob and Judy bought their house that, that you lived in his apartment.
1: Yes. Yeah, so when they were able, they still live in that house today. So we were around when they bought that house, which was super exciting. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we took over his lease. It was myself and two other swimmers. And it was literally right around the corner from his house. So then he'd have to run into us on the weekends and see <laughs> us um, and all sorts of times trying to get to campus to make practice <laughs>
0: Yes. Oh, how funny. How funny. Um, and well wishes for his retirement.
1: So I do hope that um, Bob is able to stay in touch. One of the saddest things for me when I saw the retirement newsletter was, oh, my gosh, how am I going to stay in touch with him? Because I love getting all the alumni updates mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, always shoot something back when a memory comes up. So I do hope that he will stay part of the alumni network. Or we can all share in his life moving forward.
0: Mm-hmm. I have a feeling he's—he's very good about keeping in touch. So I have a feeling he'll—he'll he'll still be around.
1: Yes, we hope to see them for years to come. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Maybe his granddaughter will be a swimmer yet.
0: Yeah, soon. <laughs> when she's old enough, I'm sure it'll be a top priority for her.
1: Yeah, because for his daughters, it was just too much. I think they lost too much of their dad just sweating to ever want to do it. Mm-hmm. it, was, it
0: was, it's, it's an intense thing. It's, it's very time-consuming, so so it, it's very understandable.
1: It is. Mm-hmm. I know, so we'll miss him. It just won't be the same.
0: Exactly. But hopefully
1: he'll still do alumni. It will all still come back, and maybe this will spur more of us. I haven't been to campus in years.
0: Yes, once, once we're all able to get together, we'll have a big gathering and, and celebrate Bob's retirement.
1: Yes, looking forward to seeing them again.
0: Yes, this this has been so fun. Thanks for joining us, Debbie.
1: Oh, thanks so much. Take care.